The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning and welcome to Visions and Sound. My name is Rob Daniels. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 47 of 2020 and 1048, if you're keeping track that way. This week, we continue Bond Month. Now, originally... Uh, no Time to Die was supposed to come out this month, but due to COVID-19 and, well, 2020 being 2020, uh, that film got moved to April 2021. So, this week, we celebrate the 55th anniversary of the film Thunderball. Now, joining me this week uh, is co-host and Kent's own answer to James Bond, Jason Drury. Welcome to the show. More like, more like Jimmy Bond. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad glad that you're here. You're shaking me up to get 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 to do the show again. I see. You <laughs> <laughs> still stirred me from my my slumber. I see. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad you're here, Jason. Really glad. Yeah. Glad to be here as always. Okay, Thunderball is the fourth in the James Bond series, produced by Eon Productions, starring Sean Connery as James Bond. And it's it's an adaptation of the 1961 novel of the same name by Ian Fleming, which in turn is based on an original story by Kevin McClory, Jack Whittingham, and Fleming. It was the third and final Bond film to be directed by Terence Young. Now, the movie would have been the first in the Bond series if not for legal legal disputes over copyright issues. More on that a little bit later on. The film follows Bond's mission to find two NATO atomic, bond, uh, atomic bonds, no, atomic bombs, stolen by Spectre, 
which holds the world the world to ransom for one billion one million pounds in diamonds in exchange for not destroying an unspecified major city in the United States or the United Kingdom, later revealed to be Miami. The search leads Bond to the Bahamas, as it does, where he encounters Emilio Largo, the card-playing, eye-patch-wearing Spectre number 2. Backed by CIA agent Felix Leiter and Largo mistress Domino Derval, Bond's search culminates in an underwater battle with Largo's henchmen. The film had a complex production with four different units and about a quarter of the film consisting of underwater scenes. Now, Thunderball was the first Bond film shot in widescreen Panavision and the first to have a running time over two hours. Now, here we go. Thunderball was associated with a legal dispute in 1961 when former Ian Fleming collaborators McClory and Whittingham sued him shortly after the 1961 publication of the novel, claiming he based it on the screenplay the trio had written in a failed cinematic trans- translation of James Bond. The lawsuit was settled out of court, and Bond film and series producers Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, fearing a rival McClory film, allowed him to retain certain screen rights to the novel, story, plot, and characters and for McClory to receive sole producer credit on this film. Broccoli and Saltzman instead served as executive producers. Returning to score the film was John Barry. Thunderball was the third Bond film score for Barry, after From Russia With Love and Goldfinger. Now, the original title song was entitled Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang taken from an Italian journalist who, in 1962, dubbed Agent 007 as, of course, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The title theme was written by Barry and was originally recorded by Shirley Bassey, but was realized late in the day that the track was too short for the needed titles. So, let's have a listen to the Shirley Bassey version of the... uh, of this particular theme. And uh, we've got a couple of different versions. So here, like I said, here is the Shirley Bassey theme as it was presented. And this actually didn't surface until many years later. So have a listen. And he can soothe you like vanilla The gentleman's a killer Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bam, Bam Damoiselle's in danger I feel the stranger's past Like a knife, he cuts through life Like every day From the school that loves and leaves them A pity if it grieves them Mr. Kiss, 
the original title theme from Thunderball called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, in this case, performed by Shirley Bassey. Now, we were discussing very quickly off air, Jason, um, something very interesting about this, about Shirley Bassey. Um, can you explain what this is all yes, about? Uh, not only was uh, Court Cases putting Kevin McClory and actually Thunderball itself, but also this song was in, involved in a court case because Shirley Bassey was, when she found out her uh, version of the uh, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was not going to be used. She sued Eon Productions, wanting the film's release halted unless her song was reinserted into the film. And she was given a prominent screen credit. Yeah. But, uh, but Broccoli, the Broccoli stood firm and suggested that even though it was technically possible, not only would it be expensive, but might actually damage her reputation because the recording was, quote, artistically unmeritous. In addition, the nature of the song made it inappropriate to follow the film's whimsical ending and was said was making both the arrangement of the song it was said making the arrangement both of, of the song and a rendition of it dramatically inappropriate. Hmm. So the court found in favour of the eons and uh, due to this we never we never heard Shirley Bassey on a Bond, Bond theme tune until after her Solicitor, having to be her ex-husband, died in 1967. So she returned in the 70s, later on with uh, Down's Are Forever and Moonraker. So that's mm-hmm. the reason why she never appeared in a couple of more other Bond films singing the, the main theme. She wasn't even considered because of the legal disputes with Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Interesting. Well, now, uh, according to my information, uh, Bassey was apparently unavailable to re-record the... Uh, uh, the tune for the for the second version. So this it was later re-recorded by Dionne Warwick with a longer instrumental introduction. Now her version was not released until the 1990s. So here we have Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. In this case, though, performed by Dionne Warwick. <laughs>
like a shark He looks for trouble That's why the zeros double Mr. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang He's suave and he's smooth And he can soothe You like vanilla The gentleman's a killer Mr. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang Demoiselles and danger Have filled the stranger's past Like a knife He cuts through life Like every day's the last He's fast and he's cool He's from the school That loves and leaves him A pity if it grieves him Mr. Kiss, kiss, bang, bangs Not a fool Oh, damoiselles and danger Have filled the stranger's past Like a knife, he cuts through life Like every day's the last He's He's from the school that loves and leaves him A pity if it grieves him Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang's not a And with the second version of said song, that's Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the original title song from Thunderball. However, uh, that was not used either. Um, I, I also find that it, it interesting, now that I've heard the Shirley Bassey one, I like it that little bit better. Dion Warwick really trying, really trying to hit that, uh, that Shirley Bassey sound, but not quite there not quite she just walked on by it yeah it's something something along those lines it's interesting interesting way of putting it i'm so now a most interesting um before we actually get to the to the actual theme song proper here is a version of the song that i have played on the show before but um first time i've ever used it kind of in context with uh the other James Bond themes as well. Country musician Johnny Cash also submitted a song to Eon Productions titled Thunderball, but it went unused. So here is Johnny Cash's version of Thunderball. And all the world can hear it call They shudder at the fury of the mighty thunderball Thunderball The 
power of her engines now is drowned in the sea. But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free. Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man. And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? There is a man who could stop the thing in time He's known by very few, but he's feared by all in crime, all in crime. By courage and by fighting he has not been known to fall But neither has the fury of the mighty Thunderball, Thunderball. Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Thunderball Money-hungry minds need a threat to launch a scheme But those who hold the Thunderball could rule the world, it seems Cannot the peaceful world find a clue to where she's gone? The silent sea won't answer now, but terror lingers on. Lingers on. Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man. And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? And, yeah, something that, um, I don't know, maybe work, would have worked in a Western, perhaps, but unfortunately not a James Bond film. That was Thunderball by Johnny Cash. I, I don't think that's ever been put officially out, but I've, I've seen it in different, different places around. So um, it's interesting. It, it's an interesting take. However... Uh, the two songs, Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Uh, the song was actually removed from the title credits after producers Albert Arbor Coley and Harry Saltzman were worried that a theme song to a James Bond film would not work well if the song did not have the title of the film in its lyrics. Barry then teamed up with uh, the lyr- lyricist Don Black and wrote Thunderball, which was sung by Tom Jones, who... And this is, this is, I've heard this about the a couple of varying Bond themes, specifically Shirley Bassey mentioned this as well, but according to Bond production legend, um, Tom Jones fainted in the recording booth when singing the song's final note. Jones said of it, I closed my eyes and held the note for so long when I opened my eyes, the room was spinning. <laughs> Now the Thunderball, nine full seconds are not surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, the uh, yeah, uh, I it to me it's oh, did, like I said, didn't uh, Shirley Bassey also talk about uh, gold, a uh, Goldfinger 
um, in the yeah, same but- in the same way that uh, it was uh, that last that last note she tried she held yeah. and and you know almost passed out because of it. He did, yeah. Well, apparently, still Tom Jones still sings that in his set. It's fun to watch, but he sings in a lower key. Ah. He doesn't faint every time he sings it. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, the, the Thunderball score uh, was released in many forms, um, but the music we'll be hearing this morning is from the remastered version from 2003 on Capitol Records. So here we go with a little bit of uh, music from the film. Thunderball with an opening by Tom Jones. Listen to him. You might hear him faint.
with a little bit of music from the film Thunderball. We're celebrating the 55th anniversary here on the show. Uh, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at uh, visionsinsound.facebook.com <laughs> slash visionsinsound. You can also try my web. I am on the Twitter at visions at visions sound you can also try me <clears throat> you can also try me on my website visionsinsound.ca i am also on on um uh apple podcasts or itunes and you can try me at uh, just type in visions in sound into a search engine and try me on you know what i have been chuckling through all of this and there is a reason why and i have to explain <laughs> Mr. Jason Drury has a stuffed lion, and he's making it dance just uh, just out of the corner of my eye, and I can just see that, and it's, I don't know, he was making it wave at one point, and I was like, and I was just kind of chuckling along there, so I apologize for that. He knows more about the stuff than I do. Ah, okay, there you go. <laughs> So welcome back to uh, Visions and Sound, as this week we celebrate the 55th anniversary of Thunderball. Now, the producer's decision to change the film's theme song so close to the release meant that only some of the film's soundtrack had been recorded for release on LP. Adding to the delay issues, Barry had written, a large, amount, had written large amounts of score around the original theme and woven it throughout the score, along with the recurring underwater Search for Vulcan motif. After after the Thunderball theme was written, Barry wrote, orchestrated, and recorded several new pieces, mixing that in with it. Uh, Barry's, Barry's scores also included a track which gave the film's theme song a full statement in form of a sensitive, slowed-down instrumental ballad often played over a romantic moment or a scene set in a nightclub or casino. He arranged... Thunderball, or rearranged Thunderball, rather, as a lush, subtly jazz orchestral piece in the easy listening style that was popular at the time. Though Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was dropped as the theme song, some of, some of the pieces, which include its melody, remained as part of the score. It receives full statements twice by the orchestra and jazz rhythm quartet with bass, drums, guitar, and a vibr vibraphone on the track Café Martinique, follow immediately followed by the, quote, Vulcan cue. As a wild bongo-laden cha-cha-cha in the Death of Fiona, the scene in which, which includes the latter takes place at Club Kiss Kiss and features the bongo drumming of band leader King Arison. Now, you mentioned something about him and that, uh, yes. Jason, or, 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 or are you, are you going to get the lion to do it? He'll do it for me. Yes. He, he, <laughs> knows, he knows all about it. Yes. Okay. But, well, the lion said, said to me earlier, but he, he read something in a book somewhere, but he wrote, uh, Erickson wrote an original piece for, for that scene. And they, they, they've had, apparently they met him, Connery and McClory met him in a nightclub while they were filming, Thunderball said, We've got to use this guy in the film. So he used him in an important scene when Fiona had this dance, and, F and Fiona, Fiona's there, and suddenly there's a, there's a, the man who's going to shoot Bond, and Bond uses Fiona as a shield, and she gets shot instead of him. 
and they want Ericsson was told to go absolutely balmy with with the uh, with the bongos to the point where it's obvious that Bond will look at him. He says what what they made me do was to go crazy when I see the gun coming out of the curtain in order to make Bond look at me. The PC role was actually replaced, but it it uh, people in in at the end at the end of the day he became a very pop he became a very popular bongo player in the United States and that became Neil Diamond's player for the bongos and Cong- no. conga player for at least 40 years so he kind of he's you probably hear later on in, in on the show the mad bongo player it's king erickson and it's to and he really does make make his mark in the film okay. particularly the q street chase which is bongo mad <laughs> all right well we'll catch that a little bit later on in the uh in in the show but um the because Thunderball's score had essentially two main themes to work from, as well as the search for Vulcan Q and the 007 theme and the James Bond theme, it is arguably the richest of the early Bond scores, uh, thematically speaking. So let's have a listen to some more of the uh, James Bond music as we celebrate the 55th anniversary of Thunderball here on Visions and Sound, and we'll be back in just a little bit.
In the roughly 20 years since St. Mary's first opened their regional cardiac center, the Waterloo region has experienced incredible growth. And with new opportunities for business, more people, and an aging population, the demand for St. Mary's life-saving services has never been greater. Nor has the need for your financial support. Visit supportstmarys.ca slash need or call 519-749-6797. This campaign generously supported by Hefner Toyota, celebrating 60 years in our community. United Way Waterloo Region Communities has responded to local needs in times of crisis for more than 80 years. This has never been more important than now. COVID-19 has produced more than one problem. In order to build a stronger future for Waterloo Region, we must be able to provide more than one solution. Our strength is our local network that delivers support and resources to those who need it most. We know we are stronger together. Please donate today. Visit our website by searching United Way Waterloo Region. Our community can't recover without you. Putting community first since 1973, we are 98.5 CKWR.
with a little bit of music from the film Thunderball. That's music by, of course, John Barry here on the show. If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also find me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. Lots of stuff there to uh, to listen to my uh, my archives of various interviews and archives of various shows over the years. Um, I'm also available on Apple Music or iTunes, depending on what you want, and just type in Visions in Sound into your search engine and look for me under podcasts. Well, welcome back to Visions in Sound. As this week we are celebrating the 55th anniversary of the Bond film Thunderball. Now, the film premiered on December 9th, 1965 in Tokyo and opened on December 29th, 1965 in the UK. It was a major success at the box office with record-breaking earnings. It grossed $63.6 million in the United States, equaling to roughly $58.1 million admissions and became the third highest grossing film in 1965, only behind The Sound of Music and Dr. Zhivago. In total, the film has earned $141.2 million worldwide, surpassing the earnings of the three preceding films in the series, easily recouping its $9 million budget and remained the highest grossing Bond film until Live and Let Die in 1973. Assume the record. Uh, after adjusting its earnings, it has made around $1 billion. <laughs> Sorry. Making it the second most financially successful Bond film after Skyfall. Thunderball did win the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Uh, awarded to John Steers in 1966. Ken Adam, the production director, was also nominated for Best Production Design BAFTA Award. The film won the Golden Screen Award in Germany and the Golden Laurel Action Drama Award in 1966, Laurel Awards. The film was also nominated for an Edgar Best Foreign Film Award at the Edgar Allan Poe Awards. whole bunch of different awards for the, the James Bond films. Now, now how is going to say, do you think a Bond film would, would ever win Best Picture? I think the closest we got to that was Skyfall. Yeah. There's so many nominations. One day, well, Black Panther won awards for it and got nominated for Best Picture. So if it if the Bond film is good and it's done well, it's got a good director and it works out, you never know. It could, it, it could well be Best Picture. There's no, there's no reason why why not. And I said the closest we got to that was Skyfall. Exactly. Uh, it, it may it may happen one day, but, it, but usually it's, these are sort of films that the Academy don't usually nominate for Best Picture. No, they usually. It's just a, a, a shame, but uh, these, usually the the the, uh, the popular like the the blockbusters aren't as um, haven't got that um, award nouse that other films have. Not saying that other films are winner awards are bad, but uh, these, the popular films would have the uh, these sort of films that usually you get you get 
nominations for best visual effects and the technical categories. We never get anything for best picture. No, the time. no, nothing for best picture or any of the acting awards. Though I think that uh, there have been some really good, interesting moments in uh, in the Bond films. I mean, maybe not the best acting from Roger Moore, but uh, I think you get some really good performances it, from. It, 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 his eyebrows got got a got a award on on, the, on their own. <laughs> well, we are celebrating his eyebrows. We are celebrating the fifty fifth anniversary of Thunderball, so we're going to continue on with some more music from the movie, and uh, we'll be back with uh, to talk more about the film and less about Roger Moore's eyebrows right after this.
And with a little bit more music from the film Thunderball. That's music by, of course, the legendary Bond Bond scorist John Barry. And we were kind of discussing a little bit of uh, Barry's music off air and that he's not just known for his Bond scores, but uh, several other scores that we kind of mentioned, uh, including uh, Robin and Marion, which is another Sean Connery film. And among many, many others, I mean, Dances with Wolves, I mean, uh, The Chase, which is an amazing score. If you've never heard it before, check it out. Um, but again, he, he cut his teeth, I think, on the, the Bond scores specifically and uh, really got his, uh, uh, his um, really made a musical style um, that uh, carries right through the history of the Bond scores. And if you listen to them, the the, the DNA of Barry's DNA, musical DNA is running through each of those scores, whether it's um, a, a, a set of notes or a, a chord progression, it's all there and uh, amazing, um, just an amazing listen. In any case, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. You can also try me on my, I am also on the Twitter at visionsound, or you can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, or you can try me on Apple Podcasts. Just type in Visions in Sound into your search engine and look for me under podcasts. So as mentioned before, we are celebrating the Visions and Sounds um, 20th or 50, sorry, 55th, 20th. Where, where am I getting that from? <laughs> 55th anniversary of Thunderball. As mentioned before, the, uh, the, the film was a success and exceeded the earnings of the three previous Bond films. Now, some critics and viewers praised the film and branded it a welcome addition to the series, while others found the aquatic action repetitious and the film's length excessive. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it does take a bit to get going, but once it gets going, it does its, it does its job rather well. And as mentioned before, in 1983, Warner Brothers released a second adaptation of the novel under the title Never Say Never Again, this time with McClory as executive producer. More on that in a little bit. Right now, we're going to conclude our look at uh, the John Barry score to Thunderball with these last couple of pieces, and we'll be back to talk a little bit more about... Uh, this uh, a specific other bond score that is related in a way to thunderball we'll see back in just a bit
And with a little bit of music from the 1955, 1965 film, <laughs> Thunderball. That's music by John Barry. Well, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As mentioned before, in 1983, another adaptation of the Thunderball novel was done called Never Say Never Again. This was directed by Irvin Kirshner, and the film is based on the 1961 James Bond novel Thunderball. Uh, the, uh, as, like I said, as mentioned, um, unlike the, the majority of Bond films, Never Say Never Again was not produced by Eon Productions. What was produced by Jack Saltzman's Talia film in association with Kevin McClory, one of the original writers of the Thunderball storyline with Ian Fleming with Jack Whittingham. McClory retained filming rights of the novel after a long legal battle dating from the 1960s. This is interesting. James Horner was courted to score the film after being impressed with his work on Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Horner, who did work in London for most of the time, wound up unavailable, according to Kirshner, uh, though Schwartzman later claimed Sean Connery vetoed Horner. Now, frequent Bond composer John Barry was invited to, to come in, uh, but declined out of loyalty to Eon. The music for Never Say Never Again was written by uh, Michelle Legrand, who composed a score similar to his work as a jazz pianist. The score has been criticized as anachronistic and misjudged, bizarrely intermittent, and the most disappointing feature of the film. Um, Legrand also wrote the main title theme, Never Say Never Again, which featured lyrics by Alan, uh, Alan and Marilyn Bergman who had also worked on Legrand's uh, Academy Award-winning song, The Windmills of Your Mind, and was performed by Lana Holly after Bonnie Tyler, according uh, to several sources, disliked the song and declined, though she did, she did regret it later, saying that uh, she wished that she had because it's a Bond theme. Anyway, I'm going to take this really, really quickly because I want to make sure that I get to all the stuff I want to get to at the end. So here is the main theme from Never Say Never Again. Back in a bit. Never, never say never again. Never, never say never again. Guarantee 
Well, that's all for us this week. Uh, thanks for hanging in. Before I end off today's show, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're not feeling right, there are people out there who care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is sometimes for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of emergency, please call 911. For immediate help, the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, and the Kids Help Phone, 1-800-668-6868, all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me next week as we conclude Bond Month with the score with scores from James Bond Video Games. And Jason, in 30 seconds, what can, can you tell me what you got coming up, if, if anything? I have a major interview with Carlos Rafael Rivera, the composer of the one of the top scores of the year, Netflix's series The Queen's Gambit coming up. And awesome. then I've got some more interviews on, on the way as well. Coming, and also, also starting on a new episode of the archive shortly too, coming soon on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So I will end off this week's show with some more music from Thunderball. And I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound.